Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, good evening, good evening. How's it going, everyone? Good evening. Evening, Dan. Evening, evening all. Evening to all our listeners. All well, five quite of formal them. Formal for most of them, wasn't it? I know it was formal. Yeah, but back to Friday nights after the uh, after the impromptu. Well, sort of planned because I was at the game last Friday night. Yeah, well, it's not. Yeah, Super Saturday tomorrow. Super Saturday preview. Um, that's what we got for you tonight. But this is the But What Do We Know podcast. Um, again, any questions, any feedback, etc. But what do we know at mail.com? You can also tweet us. <laughs> BWDWK pod. <laughs> yes, I'm getting better. He's getting quicker at that. He's yeah. getting quicker. Although the first segment tonight, the first segment tonight, lads, is, but did you know? Yeah, so our podcast, but what do we know? But tonight's first part of our podcast is, did you know? Or not, but did you know? Does that, well, it could be. But I want to ask you, and our audience will be intrigued by this, I hope. I got some interesting facts about rugby. Yeah, on the eve of Super Saturday, which you could argue is the biggest, you know, one day in the rugby calendar. I got a few little facts about rugby, right? And I want to know if you know about them already. And if you don't know, then now you know. <laughs> <laughs> and why don't you know? <laughs> I'm, guys, I'm confused already. <laughs> so let, let, let me start with, did you know... <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did know. Or I will you, know anyway. Did Did you know that a basketball was actually created by a rugby coach who wanted some form of indoor sport and activity to keep his players conditioned when it was the off season? I did not know that. No. <laughs> I I now know that. That's good. That's going to help us in a pub quiz one day. You know that. How many yeah. times have we said no already? <laughs> Do we know anything about rugby? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but what do we know? <laughs> Did you, you know? know already, Dan? <laughs> no. <laughs> I no. don't believe you. Uh, did you know the rugby was actually introduced to the Springboks by British troops who were stationed in Cape Town. I suppose that makes sense. Because well, the yeah. British have exported a lot of sports all around the world. You know, cricket, football, Exported a lot of sports, I like that. <laughs> um, they did, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because the, the British... Introduced cricket and rugby to New Zealand, Australia as well, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise to to know that they introduced it to South Africa as well. Here's one that I thought was really interesting, right? And and I, I in fact, I'm not going to give you the fact. I'm going to see if you know before I tell you. Right. So, do you know? <laughs> no. Wait a minute. I'm not going to ask you. You know. Um. Do you know? <laughs> I am going to ask, do you know? Do you know why it's called a try? It's because I think you earn an attempt of kicking at goal. So you try for goal. Well done. That is correct. Yes. Did you know that, Mike? Well, I thought it was because try is three letters long. And historically, a try was three points. So... I thought it might have been to do with a Scrabble score or something. But... That's a, a good guess. I'll give you a good guess. Yeah, but Gaz is actually correct. So a try originally gave a team no points. Um, when it was first introduced, the only way to score was by kicking a goal. So the try simply gave the team the right to do a place kick for points. Hence, we gave a try for goal. So like Gaz said... Did you know that if the population of the town rugby went to Twickenham, there would apparently be more than 11,000 empty seats? 
I didn't know that, but then again, like but now I've you never know. really. But but now I know. That's uh, to be fair. Like I've never really wondered what the population of rugby is. <laughs> okay, it's never crossed my mind. What 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 do you what do you think about when you're lying awake at night? Actually, don't answer that. That's not <laughs> for this podcast. Yeah, I don't want to know. You guys, <laughs> behave yourself. That's another <laughs> podcast called I Don't Want to Know. Um, and then don't this one, I, this one I really like. Right. So, did you know <laughs> that the reason why countries sing? Or do you know why countries sing the national anthem before they they um before a, any sporting event? Gaz, you who started it? Who started we it? Playing the All Blacks, and obviously the whole point of the hacker is like a challenge is set down, and I believe was in nineteen oh five. Ah, you are like getting a, some points yeah. tonight, mate. Fair play. And. Uh, and obviously the All Blacks did the hacker and we responded with our anthem. What date though? <laughs> June the 12th. Um, no, 16th of November. But that is really oh, impressive damn. to be fair that you knew that. 1905. Um, yes, so they, they, they the, the New, mm. New Zealand did a, their traditional war dance, uh, the hacker. And then the Welsh didn't sort of, you know, budge or anything like that. They sang... Obviously, Henruad Fernadai, and uh, in a stirring rendition, and uh, that's why now before international sporting events, um, we do anthems. So, I think that's really nice as well. You know, we talk about passion, passionate Welshman, rugby, and what rugby means to Wales, and that's nice to hear that. And I, and I, I I'm not a fan of the hacker. I'll be honest; it does my head in. So, um, I like I've that. I've seen it too many times now. Yeah, I I do think though that it, it over commercialized now. Yeah, do you think it works? Do you think it gets in? Sometimes do you think it gets in the opponent's you know head? I think it works against us because <laughs> we haven't well, been yeah. fifty odd years. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you reckon, Mike? Um, I I don't know. I I I'm trying to picture an All Blacks game without a hacker at the beginning of it, and, and it just wouldn't feel right, would it? No. I would miss it. Would you not? I would miss it. I, I do. I, I One of, I, um, you know, one of the me- memories that I do remember, and it's it's, it's strong in my mind, and, I, and I, it's called, but what do we know? Because I'm useless at dates, unlike Gareth, who's obviously done his research, is that one year where um, Wales just stood on 2006. the halfway line, and they wouldn't retreat, and you had the ref going back and forth, going, yeah. you, start, you you turn away, and then I'm not turning around until he yeah, turns yeah. around, and then he went to the Welsh side, and went, well, tell them to turn around, and that went on back and forth, and I bet the TV producers were going, we need to get this game going, we got adverts to put in. <laughs> I think that was 2006, now. It was, it was, it was such a electric atmosphere, I was watching it at home, I reckon the stadium was absolutely immense Nonsense. for that atmosphere. And I bet they didn't pay £100 a ticket as well. <laughs> I was wondering if you bring that up, but I think you're right. And um, I think it was 2006. Someone can fact check that and we'll uh, we'll check it next week. But um, Or mail us. Mail us on but what do we know at mail.com or you can tweet us on BWDWKPod. Yeah, yeah. Pod. Pod. yeah. yeah. better than yeah. me at that, then. Um, I think it was 2006, uh, and um, yeah, New Zealand. And interestingly, that was where we drew or lost by one point or something like that. And that's the closest uh, we've been I to think beat. They smashed us, possibly. No, I think we got smashed. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure that the the game that we stood, you're on about there, that we stood against them. And again, we'll fact check it. Um, I'm sure it was the game where we only lost by one or two. And we had them on the ropes until like the 70th minute. Um, and it was interesting is that when New Zealand played England in the World Cup final in 2019, England, to be fair, they didn't back down. Sorry, it wasn't the final. What am I on about? It was a semi-final. Uh, England didn't back down. And England dominated them in that game as well. I think 
the hacker, if you do let it get in your mind, um, I think it's possible. If you do get it, like let them get into your head, New Zealand, you know, as skillful as they are, um, I think you know that they, they they play mind games, and and all the best teams in any sport play mind games, you know, to beat their opponent. We've sort of touched upon that before, um, but I think that's half the battle. That's that's. I, I just, know, back just just. It was 2008. Okay, and what was the score? I'm, I'm just looking for that. I'm, I'm currently scrolling through it all. I, I think we, we got... I think, I think as Gallo said, I, I don't think it was that close by the end. Nah, I'm... I'm sure it was. No, New Zealand went on to win the game 29-9. Mm, yeah. What, the, game, so, the, the, day, the day that we stood... Toe to toe with them at the start. Yeah, 2008. I've, I've just, I've just. Okay. All right. Stand corrected. Worked well, didn't it? Yeah, it worked well standing there. Yeah. <laughs> didn't concede any points when we were doing that. Yeah. Um, anyway, lads, uh, I thought it's a little bit different. Start the show this week um, with a few facts, and that last one, like I say, with the standing up to the hacker, a uh, little bit of a, little bit of a. Nice, so proud to be Welsh sort of moment. Um, so yes, Super Saturday is tomorrow, the biggest day in the rugby sporting calendar, calendar perhaps, maybe apart from uh, annually, anyway, um, apart from World Cup final day. Um, Can I just butt in again? I'm going to butt in anyway, even though I, I've been playing the same panel just. Yeah, I think you are. Um, you know, I thought I thought of another reason why I don't like a Friday night game. Because we can't I do our sp- podcast. No, apart from that, and, and you know, that was the big one, but I spent all Saturday thinking it was a Sunday because I'm used to watching rugby on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm not a fan of the Friday night games. We we touched upon why last week. But, um, yeah, I think a lot, a lot of people have said, you know, rugby is a weekend thing, isn't it? I think, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, definitely a Saturday or Sunday job. Saturday, really. Even Sunday, because you get Sunday and you got to work on the Monday, you've got to be careful how much you drink, in you? Gareth. I don't think it would stop Gaz, to be fair. No. <laughs> Especially when he gets the shots in. <laughs> so, guys, um, the Wales team tomorrow. Um we have a bit of a, a mixed bag. Uh, obviously, last week we talked about Alan Wynn and we said, you know, would he start? And it was a bit of, uh, we had a bit of a debate on, well, no, he shouldn't start and he shouldn't just start on merit. He should start on performance. I mean, let's, you know, let's address the uh, the elephant in the room, um, if that if that's saying fits. Um, but um, Alan and Jones, uh, do you agree with him starting tomorrow? I don't. Um, as and I think I said that we WhatsApp once the team was out. Uh, I think it does a disservice to to Rollins and Beard for the whole championship. But well, be, well Beard's still playing, mind. He's no, yeah, but it still does a disservice to the two of them. They've been working well together, in in my opinion. And again, it's called. But what do we know? Um, and we talked about. I think it was last week, or we might have been on Twitter talking about it. The players should be play should play on on merit. And yes, he's a servant of the game, and and he's been obviously it's going to be his 150th cap, so he's he's represented Wales a lot. But it almost feels like he's put being put in just to get the 150th cap. Um, and and that's all. I know we're, he's going to do a job for the team. There's no there's no doubt in that. But I just think it's almost a ceremonial um, signing into the team at this late stage. I mean, and the thing is, if if I mean I've talked about this, is he going to make the World Cup? He's just come back out of injury. He hasn't had a huge a lot of game time. What happens if he has another injury now? That that you know. Do we want to risk him now or do we want to let him have a good recovery time, not put his body on the line for international games and have him ready for the World Cup? Or do we just want to give him his 150th cap? Mm. I'd be done with it. And then and then if, if there's an if there's an injury, personally, I think if there's another injury, especially the shoulder, I, I don't think he'll be back playing international rugby. I mean, he's been unlucky with the injuries because... Uh... 
I think he went, you know, many, many years without a serious injury. He might have had the occasional knock, but obviously within the last 12 months, you know, right before the Lions tour, uh, and then obviously against New Zealand in the Autumn Internationals when he when he um, got the injury, he's just come back from now. Uh, I think he's had a pretty good run. Um, I, I do think it's ironic that a famous Alan Jones quote is, you're not going to please everyone, but then it's not about pleasing people. It's about winning rugby games. So, you know, I guess going on the back, going off the back of that, they must. I'm hoping that you know it, it is a decision based on not oh it's 150th cap, but you know you're the best player to play in that position to win us the game. But then I think, well, I look I look at some of the other players in the squad, and I'm thinking, well, if if we're going after the win, and it's all about winning. Why are we making so many changes? Um, but before I go on to the 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 other the other players in the starting lineup, uh, I don't want to leave you out, guys. But what 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 do you think? Do you agree with Mike or? Well, I'm torn because obviously, so last week I said like I like I don't think that he should be in the matchday squad. But then I read an article with James Haskell, and he made some good points. You know, like what? Obviously, see, um, see Alan Wynn, he's obviously been a great servant to Welsh rugby. Um, obviously, it is his 150th cap, and he gets to do it, and he, and he gets to run out in front of possibly a packed stadium. It all depends on how much the tickets are. Um, well, Gar- but, Gareth Edwards has been a, a good servant to Welsh rugby, but you know he doesn't get a position <laughs> tomorrow, does he? Is he on 149 caps, though? Do you want to fact check that, Mike? <laughs> I, not I, don't think, I don't think he's on 149 caps. But can I just say, are we not a good servant to Welsh rugby as well? But we're not going to get a cap anytime soon, are we? I got a couple of baseball caps you can borrow if you like. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that, well, yeah. So I mean, so what are you saying, guys? He's beating around the bush here, I, isn't he? Yeah, I'm torn. I'm so torn. Um, Right, let me ask you I this. I can then, see right? why. Because, like, see, personally, I know this is looking a bit further ahead now, but obviously, there's the Welsh tour in the summer to South Africa. I wouldn't risk Alan Wynn sit on that tour. Aww. So, well, give him the 150th cap well, tomorrow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Alan Wynn Jones himself said you're not going to please everyone, but then it's not about pleasing people, it's about winning rugby games. So why wouldn't you bring, if he's your best player and you're playing him tomorrow, why wouldn't you play him against the World Championship for three? Or you, at least take him on a tour so he played at least one of the games. Because he'll probably get injured again. It's it's a big risk for, you, for his age, see his body. It, then, if like he picks up another long-term injury. But then if he picks up a long-term injury there, he could be back for the World Cup if you wanted him to be. If he doesn't, if you if you keep him in in bubble wrap, do you then play him in the autumns or again rest him? Do you then play him next Six Nations on the risk that he could get injured then for the World Cup next year? I mean, he's not going to be our choice though. I like see. I don't think he's going to be our first choice going into the World Cup year. So why play him now then? Or why Just starting now? Just to 50th cap out the way. Get him running out in front of 70,000 people. Cheering him on. Mm. You know? know. Do, do you think they're going to bring him off after 60 minutes so he can get a round oh, he's pretty, from the whole stadium? He's pretty yeah. much said that already. He's pretty much said, Pivak has pretty much said, that he's not going to play the full 80. He's going mm. to take him off around the 60th minute. Does this not all? Does this not almost feel like a testimonial? Testimonial, yeah, yeah. Uh, d- almost like a choreographed final game. Oh, that's controversial. I mean, I, I, I know. I thought I'd throw that in there. No, it's a good shout. I, I, I don't think Alan Jones has got any. I think he wants to be a bit like Sexton. I think he wants to retire after the next World Cup. I think he'll push for one more World Cup. I don't think he's mm. going to stop at 150 caps. No. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't think tomorrow's going to be his last game. And I, and I hope not. You know, I'm not. You know, <laughs> I don't want him to go. But my my point is, should he walk straight back into the side? And is he walking straight back into the side because he's our best? You know, he's one of our best players or best locks. Or is he is he going back in simply because of ceremony? I do think it is because it's the latter. Uh, again, I, I, as I as I message you guys, I think this is reputation overfall. And I hate to say that because he's, as I said before, he's one of my favourite players. He's yeah, of course. He's never he's never let Wales down. He's not going to let Wales down. But I also said that we should be looking to build towards performance, and we know what he can offer. Why don't mm-hmm. we just let the two lads finish the campaign off? We, we we don't we don't need to see him play against Italy. We should, and I say this with. No disrespect, but as Gareth knows, when I say no disrespect, well, that means we should beat Italy <laughs> at home. Even though you've got a bet on them. No, I don't bet on Italy for. I don't bet on Italy when they're playing against Wales. You because that'll be the one time. It <laughs> should yeah. Well, I might. So, should, I should put a bet on them really. So if it does come in, at least yeah. I don't want to get money. Oh, you've got me thinking now, yeah. So why? Um, so, Alan Windrooms. Alan and Jones starting tomorrow. Adam Beard also starting. Seb Davis starting. Josh Navidi starting. Tulipi Falatau starting. Dylan Lewis, Derry Lake, Gareth Thomas. What do we think of that pack? It performed well last... Well, the, the front three performed well last time out. It's a physical pack. Physical. Have they got ball handling hands, though? Um, I I think it's um, half decent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Navidi Falatau, good. Seb Davis. Is, yeah, I mean, I I think that's a pretty good. Um, I think it's a pretty good yeah. pack. I think that hasn't really been too much of an issue this tournament. You know, they competed against France. Mm. They competed against uh, Scotland, certainly. I know there's a few names, by the way, that have been rotated in and out in that. But uh, and obviously, Falatau, when he came back against England, was absolutely immense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been some good sort of first first campaigns by, I think it's first, by for Zeb Davis. Um, and Adam Beard is, is growing in maturity, just slightly has to tweak on his discipline and... But Gareth Thomas and Derry Lake are obviously only nine caps for Gareth Thomas, four caps for Derry Lake. I mean, they, they, you know, they're they're the future. So good to get them some game time. Um, usually, a quite a big fan of Gareth Davis, a scrum half. But I'm sort of thinking, wouldn't Kieranardi be better tomorrow? Am I being a hypocrite because we've got to play your best team? But I actually think Kieran Hardy is probably our best scrum half at the moment. Um, Maybe up there with Thomas Williams, but Thomas Williams obviously is out of the question because of the head injury. I, I'm surprised he's not starting Kieran Hardy tomorrow. Um, but do you think? Do you think Kieran Hardy will unleashed on uh, a tiring Italian defence in the last 20, 25 minutes is is a better prospect? That would be my only thought with that decision because I agree with you. Otherwise, Hardy should be starting, but I think he could make an impact off the off the bench. Mm. But going back to what you said, I also think that the that the pack, I think, apart from obviously what we've discussed about Alan Wynn, I think that's that could be the, the the pack that we see for the next few years, as long as they can all stay fit. That could even be our our World Cup mm. um pack there. So I'm I'm quite pleased with that. I mean, I feel a bit sorry for Tame Basham, he's he's and, and Jack Morgan. I think Yeah. I don't think if they were put in play, I don't think they would. The, the Welsh pack would necessarily lose too much. But I, you, you know, and we've talked about this before. I mean, I, I, I've, I've been beating the drum for Tame Basham. I think he was the player of the autumn series that we just had. Um, and I, I, and, and him and Jack Morgan, I don't think they've put a foot wrong when they've been called into into action. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, there's certainly a bright future for both of them, and uh, and I really like Jack Morgan. I think he should have came on a bit earlier 
to be honest, against France, mind. But but there we go. That's that's that, that's a that's a previous podcast. That's a podcast in history. That is. But we talked about Alan and Jones, um, and um, obviously the reasons or the potential reasons why he's playing tomorrow. Gaz, what, what do you think about? Dan Bigger started because I'm a big fan of Dan Bigger. I think he's had a good tournament uh, as a captain and, you know, he played well against France. Very Always reliable. Some really good kicks against France. Um, thinking about the squad, thinking about what we're building to, do you not think, or do we not think, but I'll come to you guys first before you, Mike, but do we not think that maybe, you know, giving Callum Sheedy a start tomorrow would have been, he's on the bench, but do you think, you know, because I'm still a bit confused, as I said earlier, about the squad, uh, the starting lineup. Some of it is experience and consistency because they've played, you know, we've been playing this way or playing the same team. But then some random names in there. So you could say, well, he's not going to just start kind of shady. But I'm thinking for the same reason you start Gareth Davis and you bring on Kieran Hardy when you're yeah. facing a, a tired defence. Maybe that's what he's doing. But um, yeah, what, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, like bigger again because he's on ninety nine caps. He was going to get a run out, or he was going to start anyway. Um, just just to get that milestone under his belt. Um, but but who say runs out first? Is it going to be Alan Wynn who runs out first, or Dan Bigger? Oh, it's got to be Alan Wynn, isn't it? It's got to be, yeah. That, that's just a stupid question. No, it's not really a question. It's just, you know. <laughs> no, the reason why Gaza said it is because Dan Bigger's the captain. Usually the captain runs out first. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it'll be Alan Jones because he's still the captain. Like, he's overall, squad isn't he? Captain, still a, yeah, isn't he? yeah, exactly. Team captain, if you like. Um, and, and obviously 150 caps is a... Am I, is that a milestone, not just in Welsh rugby, but in international rugby as a whole? Or He's just the Welsh? most player, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd be very surprised if he didn't lead the team out tomorrow. Um, Dan Bigger will obviously get his chance. And, of course, he has been leading him out this whole tournament. So, um, Josh Adams on the wing. Louis Rees-Stamet back in the mix. Um Love the fact that Halahoro starting. I think he's been really unlucky. And mm. if he hadn't had COVID and then the cut to the eye, he probably would have started at least featured in some of the previous games in the Six Nations. And we could have really dealt. We could have really, you know, used him with his uh, with his ball handling hands, Mike, and uh, you know his silky feet footwork. Um, but uh, but he's playing tomorrow, so it's good to see him start. Um, Owen Watkin, though, again starting. I just think, well, if you're mm. going for this squad, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you put Nick Tompkins back in the mix now? He's fit again. Yeah. He's on the bench. He missed last week. Again, one of the players of the tournament who's getting better each game. Um, I don't know. Talk to me about that, guys. Well, first of all, I controversially I would have wouldn't start bigger. Again, similar sort of reasons. We know what he's got to offer. Um, and if we're building towards the World Cup, if he has a, an injury in a game, we need to know that the players we're bringing in can handle sort of big-time pressure. And, and Italy will bring big-time pressure. In the, they normally do in the first 20, 25 minutes. Um, and if we can pull away from them there, play in the right areas of the pitch, then then we can put some points on the board, keep that ticking <laughs> over. Um, um, Build a platform. Well, it's a it is a platform, you know. Just keep just keep our, our, ourselves ticking over. Um, I think Italy have, and, and I've said this for a while. I think Italy have decent players. In fact, some very good players, but they just seem to lack the team cohesion. And I think they they get a bit excited at times when they when they're through one on ones or when they're. Um, when they're in in the twenty two, you can see it. They'll they'll have handling errors, or they'll they'll dive in off their feet at the ruck, or something like that, and they'll give an easy penalty, which gives the defending team a a, a nice easy exit strategy out of a out of an awkward situation. But they would still provide pressure on on our halfbacks, 
and which is why I I quite like the rest most of the rest of the team because I can see this being a, a developing team that will probably we will see in the in the coming um, autumn or, or I call it autumn it's not as the summer down in South Africa and then the Six Nations leading into the World Cup. But it also means that you're not just throwing players in that haven't had experience playing international rugby. Because we've got we've got to say that in our pool, you know, we've got Georgia, Fiji, I mean Australia. Would, would, well, I'm taking Australia out of it because I'm saying that's a loss against us no matter what team that we play. But would we say Fiji uh Fiji play any better than Italy play? Yeah. So it would, yeah. would, yeah. But would that be a similar sort of pressure to to players coming in? That I would much prefer to have halfbacks that have played against Italy and 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 had like the odd ten minutes against an England or Scotland or something, rather than throwing in two novice international halfbacks to play Fiji. I've lost you everyone there, haven't I? Yeah. No. No. Um... It is. You do make some decent points there. Can you say that um, again, Gav? <laughs> you made some. Don't worry, some don't worry it's recorded. It's recorded. That's okay. <laughs> no, like I see where you're coming from, but um, I don't know, man. So, Italy are gonna. I'm not saying this means they're going to win, but Italy are going to throw the kitchen sink at us tomorrow. Are we agreed on that? Yeah. Because they haven't won a game since, am I right, 2015? Mm, about that, I know. And there's been... five games now. And there's been glimpses in this tournament of Italy playing rugby. Um, You know... There is glimpses against Scotland and the discipline let them down and maybe their ambition a little bit, you know, they they got a little bit carried away and that's what led to a couple of interceptions. Um, I think they even showed a little bit against France as well. Yeah, I was just about to say the first half they did, definitely. And again, uh, right before the right, right before the interval, France got like an interception from just a little bit of a an over-exuberant uh, pass by the Italian. Um Ireland, that game was a bit of a joke, really. Oh, um, don't. I'm angry. And and uh, and England, they they were quite poor. But like I say, make no mistake, Italy tomorrow will go got absolutely nothing to lose. And people are saying, well, you need both Wales, but actually, it's the type of game that Wales could get rattled on if they're not careful. Um, without you know stealing your guy's thunder and 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 nicking loads of cliches. In fact, I I haven't really got a cliche. Well, maybe it is a little cliche, but I was going to say the first 20 minutes of the game are huge for both teams. I don't think that's a cliche, is it? It'll set the tone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think, though, that, yeah, those first 20 minutes are huge. You know, if if Italy keep it close in that first, first 20 minutes, I'm not saying, again, that Wales are going to lose because Italy will probably tire and... You know, we'll soak up a lot of that pressure, and our, and our defense is, is, has been getting better. So we'll probably, you know, soak up, soak up a lot of pressure and maybe still run away with it in the second half. But considering what we need to do tomorrow to potentially finish third, which is obviously score quite a few points and get the bonus point, we're going to need a good start. You know, we really want to be no disrespect <laughs> to Italy. We know what's yeah, happening now. Of course, yeah, but. You know, we want to be putting a 40, 50 points on him, which may sound a bit like bloody hell. Are we going to do that? We scored five tries all tournament. The same amount of tries as Italy, I believe, or maybe we scored one more. It's not that impressive. Um, but then that's why, hopefully, with people like Willis Tadaholo in there and, and things like that, it, um, it might happen. So We want to play on the front foot. We do want to play on the front foot, absolutely. But in all seriousness, I'm not saying you're in serious, but Generally, if you think about, we've discussed it in previous weeks, Wales starting off slow. Um, we need to not start slow tomorrow because even though if we start slow tomorrow, we probably still would win. I said a minute ago, if it comes down to a bonus point and points difference and just what we've been saying about all tournament, about performances, a good performance is better almost than the result. 
we need to staff ass tomorrow. Um, Mike, we need what? a convincing victory, really, oh, well, to get yeah. some confidence. Yeah, yeah, and, and don't underestimate that confidence as well. You know, we've got South Africa in July. That's only three, three or so months away. That's not long, really. No. Um, and the reality is, without being negative, is we're probably going to you know, not win any of those tests. But even if we can nick one in South Africa against South Africa mm. in their backyard, that would be that would be a success, I would say. I, yeah. I would say at this point, with how Wales are playing at the moment, if you can go to South Africa and you don't even win the series, but you can win one game, I would count that a successful tour. And if you keep if you compete and you keep the other two games quite close, again, I would call that a successful tour. Bearing in mind, it's still over a year to go at that point to the World Cup. You've got the autumn where South Africa might again come back to Cardiff and, and play us. Um, six nations to, to build and then you know the World Cup next year, which is in the Northern Hemisphere. And um, I know all the games are in France, but it's probably going to be more Welsh people. It, it, say it was Wales, South Africa, right, in, in the World Cup again next year because they've knocked us out with the last two World Cups, right? Say it was another knockout game, Wales, South Africa next year, you know, don't underestimate the power that this tour could have in, in regards to confidence if we manage to at least beat South Africa once in, in July this year. So, um, yeah, gone off on a little bit of a rant and a, on, a, on a tangent, but sort of sort of, uh, sort of, of applicable, I guess. Um, Mike, what needs to happen tomorrow then for our listeners in case they don't know for us to finish third and England fifth? So, I'm, I'm normally it's, but what do we know? But I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to check my information first on here. Okay, so currently Wales are sitting on in fifth place on six points. Scotland have got ten points and England have got ten points. Now, Wales play the first match. So Wales need, I would say, a bonus point victory. So that so would put that would give yeah, them put, five points. Yep, yeah, so that'll put us on eleven points. Mm-hmm. Now, the next game after that is going to be um Ireland and Scotland. Now, I would be, if I'm a betting man, I would be putting my money on Ireland there because if Ireland winning that can actually still take the championship. Um, They're on 16 points and and France are on 18. So Ireland get four points for that. They'll go go on 20 points, which then leaves... But, sorry to interrupt, but we would need Ireland, we would need Scotland... To lose. Yeah, but they would have to lose by more than seven as well, wouldn't they? So they, they don't were, get a lunas, a losing bonus point. That that's correct. Unless can, the points but, difference is so, unless we smash early, and we could still finish. And and even if Scotland got the bonus point, a losing bonus point, and they finished on eleven, if we smashed early, we'd be on eleven points as well. But the points difference could mean that we finish above them. Yeah, I'm. I'm and, just. I'm. I, I haven't. So the points difference at the moment is. <laughs> 19, Wales, wouldn't it? Wales are on minus 27. Mm. Scotland are on minus 8. So we need to score heavy. So if we score heavy and get the bonus point, oh, if, we put, if we put 40 point, if we have a 40 point gap on 40 point gap on, on, on Italy, that'll be, we'll go on to plus 13. Scotland are already on minus 8. So if they have a losing yeah. bonus, if they have a losing bonus point, they yeah. they need to then score twenty plus points against Ireland, yeah. which to be honest, I can't see because Ireland are going to go for it because the if the, they were the to, home as well. The Ireland are at home, but if they were to win it with the bonus point, they would then be three points ahead of France, and then yeah. France play England in the last game. Now, if Ireland beat Scotland, France know that they have to beat England. Yeah. So England are currently on plus seventeen. Yeah. So. If they were to lose with a bonus point, they could they could have a winning they could have a losing bonus point England, but if they between four points and seven points, Wales would still have more points difference to them because they're on seven plus seventeen, mm-hmm. and if Wales win by fifty, they'll be on plus thirteen. So it, it is a bit complicated, but I think what we need to do is wait to see what happens in the Wales and Italy game before everything else pans out. Mm-hmm. But essentially, if we win with a bonus point and the other two lose without a bonus point, then Wales are third in the championship. Let me ask you guys, if um, if it does pan out, the Wales finish third and England finish fifth, say, 
um, or fourth or fifth. Um, Wales finished. Just quickly, I mean, if you were an English fan, luckily you're not, but if you were, um, sorry to any English listeners, um, would you consider that disappointment, bearing in mind, I think last year they finished fifth as well? I would be disappointed with that as an as an English fan. Gaz? Yeah, totally agree. I think England, I think if they all the money she put into rugby should be doing a lot better. I think if if they if that does happen, I can see there being a call for Eddie Jones's head. Well, it's interesting you say that, Mike, because the rumour mill is buzzing with the fact that um if that does happen, uh, the English Rugby Union may look to move on from Eddie Jones. And the successor that they're already talking about is who, do you reckon? Oh, you're going to tell me it's Gatland, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It is Gatland, yeah. So, I mean, that would be horrible, but I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think Gatland would turn it down either. And I think Gatland, with an English team, <laughs> would be a very oh, good team. Really? I'm I'm scared thinking about that. I'm I'm not going to sleep tonight. Can you imagine Gatlin? Can you imagine he manages to to work something out and get Sean Edwards back with him as well? Then two. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I think France would really pay a lot of money for Sean Edwards. I mean, that's one of the biggest mistakes that WIU by letting Sean Edwards go. Really, really shoddy handling because he didn't even want to go. He wanted to stay, and it was just really, really unprofessional and poor. And just letting him go was massive. I don't think he'll leave France not for a while. The French have a lot of money, don't they? Yeah, they are. He's quite a loyal person, Sean, as well. Yeah, I think the French rugby union has, from my knowledge, but what do I know? But has you know just as much money, if not even more, than maybe the English rugby union has. So I think Sean Edwards. Hopefully he won't won't go to England. But then again, he might. He is English. That could be, you know, a chance. I'm just going to throw something else in there. If England do finish fourth and fifth, do you think that the pull to lead the national team would be too much for Farrell, or would he would he leave Ireland? It's a good shout. He could be another successor. Again, Ireland are doing well with him, but England probably have more money than the Irish Rugby Union guys. Um, yeah, and again, it's that, you know, coaching your home country sort of thing. Um, and, and to be fair, he's done a great job of Ireland. So, you know, if it's not Gatlin, this Farrell, either one of those coaches would probably do a really good job of England. England have really... I know they beat Wales, but I don't think, and they could surprise us by they beating France. At all, they? they haven't looked good. They, you know, again, we talked about it when they played us. That really, we gave them the game. You know, we were more entertaining, believe it or not, in that game. We scored obviously three tries to one, and that was one dubious try. But there we go. I'm not going to go on about that again. Get off my soapbox. Um, but I, you know, they didn't. They haven't looked convincing. Um, Ireland. It was a weird game because obviously the sending off, and I think that galvanised England, but. You know, yeah, it's amazing actually. Sometimes you play better when you have a man sent off. That's just you know, Um, but you know they obviously lost to Scotland, um, and that was a Scottish team that actually maybe isn't quite as good as everybody thought actually after that game because they they lost to us and um, they've lost to got hammered by France and they lost to uh, okay they beat Italy but they'll probably lose tomorrow. So I don't think England have been that good that that tournament again considering like you guys said the amount of money that goes into the english game the amount of players really the the depth that they should have we talked about the fact a few podcasts ago that that london has more population alone than the whole of wales so england really should be you know um certainly when it comes to england wales should should always be dominating that but they didn't um interestingly Go Interestingly, on. apart from that dubious try that we're not talking about, England, that's the only try they've scored in two international games now because they didn't score against Ireland a try. So we talk about Wales being quite blunt in attack. Are you sure? Pretty sure because it was, wasn't it nine points they put on the I board? Th- I thought England scored a try again. England scored a try, I'm sure they did, against... Not I'm against. sure. 
I'm sure England scored a try against um, Ireland. Might need to fact check that. I, I'm doing it as we speak. How have we come? To, come we on, don't know fact what talk, we don't know what we're talking about half the time, do we? No, no. But remember, that's fact check, not fat check, as uh, as we mentioned a few podcasts well, it was, ago. It was it was fifteen thirty two, but I'm I'm trying to find out what the five penalties it sounds like then. It, yeah, it, it was it was all Smith again. Was it? And that's that's fact check now, is it? No, not fully. Ah. <laughs> Almost. Uh, yeah, five penalties to Smith. It must have been, in fact. You can't really score 15 points without... No, you can. Without conversions, you could have scored three tries, but... <laughs> yeah, they definitely didn't score three tries, though. I know that. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was it was literally just three conversions. Yeah. So, three in two penalties. international games, they've scored one try, which, as I said, we won't talk too much about. Yeah, and I think, has... did they only score one against... Did they only score one against France as well? Or did they score two? Uh, I don't oh, no, know. They, they, haven't, France. they haven't played France yet. Scotland, uh, I think Scotland. they scored one, did they? It was only yeah, one. Ma- Ma- Marcus Smith Marcus scored. Smith, 20 yeah. points. Yeah, and then they scored a few against Italy. But, yeah. but we so, take it, unfortunately, we take Italy out, out of the equation. They haven't been scoring that many tries. No, no, they haven't. They scored less tries than us, so... Um, and they're saying Wales has got a blunt attack and they've got no imagination and they haven't yeah, got the skill to get through defences. You know, what, England are lacking that creativity as well. Yeah, but what do I know, especially about the English game? So what do Wales do tomorrow then, guys? Do they try again to create with the backs and play an expansive game or do they, you know, punish uh, Italy into submission at the scrum? Or... What, are you la- what are you laughing at? Because the cliches are coming. Are they? Well, I think I think what they need I? To, I, I think they need to score early, get the scoreboard ticking over, play in the right areas of the field, take the points that are on option, offer, just like what any good team does, and then get a good platform to then earn the right to go wide and to play the expansive game. Can I, can I just say, right, we, we don't have many listeners, but one of our listeners has got in touch and said that we should put a pound in a jar for every time one of us uses a cliche. And we can, you know, take that to the pub next time. We'd be take hammered. It to, take, it to, <laughs> take it to the pub next. I know, we'd be hammered. We would can, be can, we, can, we use it, can we use it for the petrol prices instead? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, but no, we, well, you still haven't answered my question, though. I mean, <laughs> I, I would say, Gaz, I'm going to come to you, but you might even be even worse. <laughs> nah, I've taken it's... them all already. Well, I would like to see the players show a bit of ambition and just sit, express themselves. <laughs> I think against Italy, you just need to try and run it from places which you wouldn't do against normal teams. Well, I say normal teams. No disrespect there, Italy. <laughs> uh, we know exactly what you mean. <laughs> but, you know, the Italians, it's a sort of game where it's going to get a bit loose at times. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. Because from the little bit of what I've seen of Italy, which admittedly was the England game, was was like they would get the ball out from the ruck or scrum and they would go for width straight away yeah instead yeah. of taking it up go through a couple of phases but it but when you're playing a team that that just wants to go wide all the time instead of forward it's probably quite easy to defend against because you can just isolate their outside center yeah. or their winger and then just get a turnover that way you yeah. know um, and that's what's happened like I said earlier about them being a bit over ambitious with the the passing and like you said trying to get out wide but what happens then is that they expose themselves naive. for yeah yeah uh, for interceptions and like you say isolation so I, I will say though Italy do have some very dangerous runners and, and we mm. need to we need to make sure our one up tackling because they, they do, and you know, I know we say no disrespect, but I think if there's a missed tackle, mm. um, 
again well for Italy. So and they managed to get through the first line. They always look dangerous. Mm. Yeah, I think Italy have got a couple of players that that can that can make that first man miss. So you know you gotta you gotta give them respect. Which <laughs> is something that we haven't done. <laughs> so Wales do. All right, guys. Um, so yeah, we'll fingers crossed. Wales do put in a performance tomorrow. Um, I think Ireland, Scotland predictions, guys. Where to is it? Ireland, Dublin. Yeah. Uh, thirty-one-nine to Ireland. Cool, Mike. I think Ireland by 12. I think they, they, they're going to want to go for the win. They're still in the hunt for the championship. Uh, I I think Scotland peaked against it, uh, against England, really. And I think, are they a bit like Wales were a few years ago when they've beaten England? So they think that's a successful championship and they're not really too concerned about the other games. But I just think Ireland are going to have too much strength. Yeah. Um, what do we think about the fact that Finn Russell's been dropped for the Scotland game? It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's a you know? brave decision. It is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It I is. know they've fallen out in the past, and they Townsend and Finn Russell, but I genuinely think this time it's just a rugby decision, not a off the field mm. decision. Um, uh, you know, the Mike Scotland going to win the, the competition. So, and there's a chance Finn Russell will get suspended or or injured. So, see so why not um, experiment, see and see what someone yeah. else has got. You know, but Scotland's in a similar situation to Wales. If they were to win that game with a bonus point, well, they could finish third. They could finish they? third as well. I mean, there's still there's still three players that uh, three three players, three teams that can finish third. Again, that, and it's funny because actually, I would probably say if you're Scottish, and last year I think they finished third last year, didn't they? Mm. They finished third last year and finished third again this year. I think if I was Scottish, I'd be pretty happy with that. You've beaten England. Mm. And you finished higher than them in the championship. I mean, that's a mm. that's double bubble, isn't it? Mm. So, yeah, Scotland obviously got to think about their their tour to Argentina in July as well, um, and that won't be easy. Especially, it's it's hard to play in Argentina. So, I don't know. Maybe they're looking at their backups to people, you know, their starters at the moment. Um, and then France, England. So, I think. You know, in Paris, I think France first potentially first Grand Slam since 2010. Is it? Yeah. Um, I think they'll win. I think um, might be close to begin with, but I I think France are too much. And like we said, I don't know where England is going to score tries from. Um, so I, I I yeah, I've got France for that one. Uh, I've got France for that one as well. But I think if England are still only a few points behind in, in the last 10 minutes or so. I think that's England's only hope of France starting to have, dare I say, squeaky bum time. It's it, we, We've almost won the championship here. We've almost won a grand slam. They, they could, we, they, have they had pressure of, of almost winning? I mean, they, last year when they almost won the championship, they then went and lost the last game. So is that going to be yeah. playing in their mind a bit? I still think it's going to be France by 13, but you know. Yeah, that's a good point. They bottled it last year against Scotland, didn't they? Um, in the last game, and and uh, and so it's possible. It's a typical French thing to do, but hopefully they do beat England. Um, I got nothing against France really winning the Grand Slam. You know, it's, it's, it could be better about it. But... Team. I think they're the form international team, but what do I know? It's always good to have a team win the Grand Slam as long as it's not England because it, it um, again, sorry, no disrespect to English. Well, um, but is that the not, same disrespect as you say when you talk about Italy? Italy? Yeah, no, but I, I think for again with the World Cup, I say around the corner, but the World Cup next year, so only one of us, one more Six Nations before the World Cup now. I think um, it's good to have a Northern Hemisphere team win the Grand Slam because you know that's 
that's the ceiling. Uh, well, that's certainly the ceiling for Northern Hemisphere rugby, anyway. So you know, you need you know that if you're going to compete at the World Cup and have any chance, you need to be at least as good as the the best team in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's not necessarily a bad thing if France win. It would certainly give England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales a bit of a right. We need to get at least <laughs> that good. And Italy. If, if possible. <laughs> Sorry, and Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no disrespect, Italy. Um, <laughs> you know, by, by next year's World Cup. So, cool. Um, so, we'll see, lads. So, we've got France to win, Ireland to win, yeah. Wales to win. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that all those games come in. Um, just simply because it would mean that um, Wales finished third. So, uh, as we say, to we are predominantly rugby, but we do discuss other sports from time to time. And obviously, with the Six Nations coming to an end, we will next week review the Six Nations. We will have a little chat and preview about the women's Six Nations as well, of course. Um, and we will obviously talk about regional rugby, but we will start to talk about other sports. Uh, 2022 is um, a big year for sports. Obviously, we've got the Football World Cup later this year as well. Um, so there's a lot to talk about. Um, but um, I just, uh, I'll just finish off moving away from rugby for a second. Um, what is going on elsewhere in the sports world this weekend, Mike? So it's the start of the 2022 Formula One World Championship. Obviously, for I know you guys aren't sort of massive into motorsport. I'm not really massive into much motorsport, but I do I do quite like the Formula One. There was controversy at the end of the um, end of last season. It's a bit technical to go into, but essentially, Hamilton thinks he was cheated out of the championship. There was kind of rules were were bent, and it was it was all a bit of a mess to be honest. The end of the uh, last last World Championship. Um, but this season, um, it's an all-new redesign of the cars. There's um, there's new technical um, differences on there, which mean that it's supposed to make the cars easier to follow, um, so there should be more overtaking. Um, they finished two rounds of testing, so they had Spanish testing, and then they tested in Bahrain, and then Bahrain now is where the season starts. They've held two free practices already, um, I know Hamilton was down in ninth at the end of a, one of the free practice, the, the last free practice. Um, but the thing is, so there's a lot of there's a lot of gamesmanship when it comes to Formula One. And if anyone listens to Formula One, we've all heard Lewis Hamilton on the radio going, "Bono, who's his engineer? My tires are not working. There's my tires are they're not working. I can't do this much longer." And then he goes and pumps in like three fastest laps in a row or something like that, and uh, and still manages to have the same tires on at the end of the race. So, to be honest, I never really pay much attention to what's happening in the testing or the free practices. I think we'll. St- find out um, on Saturday when they do the first qualifying run because that'll be the first time um, the gloves are off to to coin a cliche that I don't normally use cliches, we all know that but the, the gloves will be off and, and there'll be the cars will be at their race performance because they don't need to, as they call it in the sport sandbagging, which means that they're not showing their true potential so we'll see after qualifying. I think it's going to be a tight season. I think Ferrari have made leaps and bounds, so I think they're going to be sort of challenging for some podium places. You can't really look much past um, Mercedes and Red Bull. I think Mercedes have got a, a couple of issues. Um, I'm a McLaren fan, so I hope that they're going to be sort of in and around the fight. Again, they use a Mercedes engine, so that's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting because they've got the same power units to see how they've they've. Uh, work them in with the chassis of the car and and it's going to be good to see George Russell who's now instead of racing with Williams who are at the back of the grid he's now jumping into a Mercedes so um, what we would class as a as a top performing team and he's outperformed Hamilton in the free practices so far so it would be good to see what he can actually do in a car. And maybe we'll have the idea of whether it was, and it's going to be really controversial, whether it was Hamilton's talent or whether it was the car that's given him these world championships for Mercedes because he's going to have somebody of equal 
talent in the same car. And again, same as I'd normally say about Italy, no disrespect to sort of Bottas, but I think he's always been a, a number two driver. I don't think he was ever there to ever there to challenge Hamilton. I don't think he was ever going to, going to challenge Hamilton. I, I don't think he was in the same same league as Hamilton when it comes to Formula One drivers. But I do think George Russell is probably the next thing. And it could be sort of a bit like Hamilton's last season, sort of handing the baton to another British Formula One driver to then take to then take the, the mantle on. And, and I can see George Russell being a world champion within the next couple of years if he stays at Mercedes and Hamilton and Hamilton uh, decides to retire. Can I can I just ask a question? Because I, I, I don't mean to sound ignorant or rude, but you said something there which has always been my um, my bugbear with motor racing. You said about, um, you know, is it more him or is it more the engine or more the car? I mean, that that's that that is my problem with those sort of sports is that how much is it the talent or the effort or the skill <laughs> not getting into that again but how how much is it of the of the person as opposed to the machine i i, th- I think it is still is a lot of a lot of the person but i do think you could listen it's like it's it, it's like us who've got to i mean if i'm in a ferrari I'm obviously going to be able to drive quicker than quicker than Gazza is in, I don't know, a Corsa or something like that. Sort of if we're talking supercar sort of models, and that, I think that's that can be the difference. I think there is there is a big gap between sort of the haves and the have-nots in in the Formula One teams, um, and I to win a championship you need to have a good car and you need to have a good driver. You can't, ha- you can't, I mean, you can, dare I say, you could take Hamilton out and put him in, in a car at the back of the grid. And would he outperform the car? Yes. Would he win Would he win races um, on a consistent basis? Probably not. He'd probably be low at end of the point scoring. So I think, it is, for me, it is a lot of the car. But you've still got to have the balls to hold on to when you're driving at 200 mile an hour. You've got a car inside you, a car outside you. You're breaking down to 90 mile an hour in 100 yards, turning left whilst keeping an eye on the car in front, car behind, car to your left, car to your right. And 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 I do have a lot of respect for them because they're not just doing that. They're fiddling with dials on the... If you ever watch an onboard shot, they're fiddling with dials, they're changing brake balances, they're talking to the drive, they're talking to their engineers. And sometimes if they've got a little fault, they'll actually like basically control alt delete for their Formula One car to get it to go again and they're doing that at 150 180 mile an hour knowing that they knowing that if they miss time of a breaking zone i mean you're flying off it and hitting something at like 20 g's or something like that where you can you can do so i do think there's a lot of skill in the driver but i do think you need a you need a good car to go with it mm. yeah i mean i you know i certainly uh don't i certainly respect them i mean it you know, I say, you say it is a dangerous sport, and you do need that mental stamina, um, probably just as much as, or if not more than anything physical. I guess. I mean, from what I've seen of F1, I mean they're all quite slim and quite athletic. I guess, um, but it certainly seems like they need to be probably physically fit to be mentally fit, um, to be mentally sharp, and like I say, that stamina, like you said, to consistently be aware of their surroundings and literally one little mistake one slight mistake can mean a difference between not just winning or losing but perhaps life and death so i do have quite a lot of respect for it in that element i just personally i i've never got into it for the reason i just said i just wasn't sure if it was more man or machine so but there we go but you know um thanks for explaining it because generally you know um there might be people listening who are you know interested i'm sure there is you know it's very popular sport so um good Cool. All right, and lads. Well, um, good being a pleasure as always. Anybody wants to get in touch again, it's but what do we know at mail.com. Um, give us a listen, give us a like, subscribe, share, whatever. Um, and if you ever have any feedback or questions, and again, email us in, or you can tweet us at BWDWK pod. 
That's BWDWK Pod. And and quickly before we go, can I just give a shout out because we've got podcast friends now. So please do, please give us a shout out. Yeah, so there's a podcast called Back the Girls, um, and that's uh, that's a Welsh uh, that's a Welsh female rugby orientated podcast. Um, and I've sort of been messaging back and forth. So they're a lot more professional than we are, and, and I'm taking some advice from them to try and. To, to try and make, maybe up our standards a little bit, um, but give it a listen. It's not very I, nice, I, is it, Gaz? <laughs> what standards? <laughs> well, exactly. That's our problem. Uh, but give it a listen. I, I gave a listen to their first their first episode of their their second season, um, and, and it was it was quite informative. Um, yeah, so give them a listen to our podcast friends. What's more informative than me telling you guys that you know? The reason why the anthems started before games and that basketball actually started from a rugby coach. What's more informative than that on a podcast? Uh, 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 you're going to hang on to them, aren't you? I mean, it doesn't happen often that we that we have stuff like that. All those fact checking. But no, on a serious note, yeah, it's great that we um, uh, had a, it's good that we've uh, we've got got some, um, got some friends. Yeah, because you know. It's just us we've, we've only just had each other, so there we go. Um, cool. Anybody? Any other shout outs? So you made it sound like you had a few shout outs. <laughs> That's all. No, just just that one at the just moment. Out. Okay, <laughs> no worries. That's a start. Can I just say, please follow us on follow us on Twitter, and if you want a shout out, then we'll do it. If you if you've got a rugby club that needs players. Um, or you want to give some contact details? We're we're happy to give. We're not going to play because I think I, I'm a bit past <laughs> it now. Um, and, and I think Gareth is. Gareth, I'll speak for you there. I think Gareth might be we're a bit past it as well. But um, Dan Dan might still be interested in a run out. Oh, thank you, like, mate. Thank you, mate. I don't yeah. know. I went to the burger van. Yeah. Um, but yeah, give us give us a like, give us a tag on Twitter, and then we'll uh, um, and we'll within reason say what you want us to say. <laughs> no, actually, we'll just say what you want to say anyway. You know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no, no filter. Yeah. Great. Good stuff. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, look forward to next week. No doubt we'll uh, we'll speak tomorrow anyway during the game. But, uh, yep, to everybody listening, thanks again. Have a great week, and we'll speak to you ne- next week. Good night. That was good.